Hey, here it is, church. Thanks for joining us online today as we spend intentional moments of worship, prayer, and digging into God's word together. You know, we've come into this space prayed up, ready to receive all that God has for us. In fact, we're starting a new conversation starting this week called Level Up. Really, that focuses on the, the foundations of, of our faith and how we can build upon that to receive all that God has for each of us. Now, to begin our time together today, we're gonna begin by singing a song called Welcome the Healer. And that song is really focused on welcoming the presence of Holy Spirit in our homes, in our lives, to receive all he has for us. So churches, we focus our time and attention on the Lord and worship. Let's proclaim his place of honor in our lives and thank and praise him for his eternal promises because we can expect God to intervene in our circumstances. God has actually promised to inhabit our, our worship and our praise and he will. And when the king is present, all things are possible. I wanna read this scripture as we prepare our hearts and minds to encounter him today. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. For Yahweh is good and his love is eternal. His faithfulness endures through all generations. Church, let's welcome him in this place today as we declare his praises. We're singing
leaves fall on sons and daughters we will not resist your heart come and bring the breakthrough we surrender to Sing that again. you 
Trust it. 
praise forever to the King of Kings. You know, I'll never forget the moment where I asked Jesus to become my King of everything. I had gone through life and really allowed other people to determine where my life should go. And that left me feeling hurt and abused. And so I decided out of that, I'm not gonna let anyone influence my life. And so I took control of everything. And all that left me was a lot of fractured and broken relationships and me feeling just as depressed and lonely as I had before. So I just sat down at my high school library and I wrote out my prayer of surrender and salvation to Jesus. And from that moment on, things began to change. There were some things that changed overnight, like the sheer amount of weight that I just felt. But then there were other things that took longer to heal and to see restored, like the relationships in my life. But my point is this, that when we allow God to enter into our hearts and in our lives, we get to see spiritual transformation over time. And it's not just us alone that sees that transformation. We get to see changed lives in ourselves, in our home, and in our community, because there's ripple effects, because salvation changes everything. Would you pray with me as we go in today's sermon? Dear Lord, I just wanna thank you and praise you for the fact that you sent Jesus to die for each and every single one of us, that you loved us that much, that you were willing to do that. God, I, I just pray that as we lean into today's sermon, that you would just open our hearts and our spirits and just speak something new and something fresh into our souls. God, you know exactly what each person needs to hear. So God, I pray that you would just be that whispering voice and that they would know that it is you. So God, I pray that as we go into today's message with Pastor Jeremiah speaking, that you would just be so tangibly present in our hearts, in our minds, and in our homes. Pray this all in your holy and precious name. Amen.
Well, hey, friends, good morning. It is so good to get to be with you today. I am so excited about what God has in store for us as we step into a whole new series of conversations that we're calling Level Up. It's an invitation for us to to experience a next level in connection with God and with others and our purpose because we're really convinced that if we can each take some next steps in connecting more deeply with God and one another and our purpose, it will change everything for us. So I want you to know that the the Heritage team has been praying for you today that this would be a series of conversations that changes us together, that moves us in a genuine sense into a next level of connection with God and each other and our purpose. I can't wait to see how he does that as we just faithfully pursue him in moments like these together. Now, as I've been preparing for this conversation, I was reminded of a story that some of you have heard me tell before. It's a story, actually, that was told to me one summer when I was helping take care of my Tata Pablo after he had surgery. So Tata's a word that just kind of means grampy. And so Tata Pablo, he had, he had undergone some surgery, and I never had had the chance to really hang out with him or get to know him very much. He was a very imposing figure in my life. I don't remember him smiling a whole lot, and I remember him carrying around, even as he aged, the hulk of a man who had spent his whole working life miles under the ground mining copper in the southeastern part of Arizona. That's what he had done. He had been a copper miner for, for his whole life. And one of the things about Tata Pablo, I wish you could meet him, is he did have a very dry sense of humor, and he loved to tell tall tales. Now, with those two things combined, it was really tough for me to be able to figure out what was true and what wasn't when he would joke around with us. But on this particular day, that summer, as I was helping take care of him, he began to tell me a story that, that I really don't believe was one of his tall tales, but, but had a deep ring of truth to it. And I'm going to share it with you here because I think this story actually helps reveal to us some things about what God might say to us through his word here in just a moment. You see, Tata told me about one of the many times he had been buried alive as a miner in a mine collapse in southeastern Arizona. He told me about this particular experience, which still seemed to haunt him. And I, I kind of imagined myself in the space as, as the earth shook a little bit, and then as handfuls, and then shovelfuls, and then bucketfuls, and then torrents of cold earth and ore began to crash down around him and the men that he was with. He told me after that, which took forever, it seemed, it started to get darker in the, in the tunnel that he was in. You see, the cave-in had required, had caused some of the overhead lights to go out, and then more, and then more, and then more. Until, he said, all of the headlamps and shirt lights that the men with him were wearing had gone out, and he was left in the space that he told me he called the deep darkness. What do you do when you find yourself suddenly in deep darkness? darkness. What do you do when you find yourself crushed under the weight of all the earth, it seems, and you are in now deep darkness? How do you get out? How do you find a way out? The truth is you don't because you can't. You need somebody else to act on your behalf, to to open a way, to come from the outside in to that space of deep darkness. 
And I remember Tata expressing what that was like for him. And I wonder for you and for me, how many of us today in this place would say that we are in a place of deep darkness, where it does feel as though we are carrying the weight of everyone's expectations, we're carrying the weight of our own concerns, we're in the darkness of separation between us and others, and though we are trying to get used to the darkness, it's not working. Because you see, one of the things with being in deep darkness is that we quickly move to understanding there's not a way out and the best we can hope for is to survive. And I think there are some of us in this conversation right now who are exhausted because we've been in a space and a place of just trying to make it, trying to survive. And we might not have articulated that we were in a place of deep darkness or separation, but that is where we have been. And what's fascinating and exciting to me is that the scriptures tell us of a God who saw us in our deep darkness, though he created us to be people of light. He saw us in the space where we had chosen willfully to move away from him into dark places and now found ourselves separated. And so he sent himself, he sent his son Jesus into our deep darkness as the bringer of light. This is in much, you know, kind of a thumbnail sketch, the story of scripture. But the truth of this and the hope of this is actually revealed in a passage we're going to be looking at together today in the book of Colossians chapter 1. I believe this is spoken to and for us here today. So Colossians chapter 1, this is what the writer says. It says, God, he has enabled you to share in the inheritance that belongs to his people who live in the light. For he has rescued us from the kingdom of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his dear son who purchased our freedom and forgave our sins. And then the writer goes on to unpack, to give us a picture of who Jesus is and how amazingly powerful and wonderful he is. And then he continues in verse 21. This includes you who were once far away from God. You were his enemies, separated from him by your evil thoughts and actions. Yet now he has reconciled you to himself through the death of Christ in his physical body. As a result, he has brought you into his own presence. And you are holy and blameless as you stand before him without a single Friends, I think there are some of us who are in this space where we are looking for a next level in connection with God or each other or our purpose. And the truth is it begins, in order to be able to find the next level, we kind of have to start at the basic level, which is simply this. It's that you and I are all in darkness and need of rescue. That it begins with the rescue of Jesus, who scripture says, is the one that God uses to move us from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of his son who he loves so much. Jesus, by his work, because of what he has done, is the one who moves us from bondage into freedom, who moves us from the unforgivable into forgiveness, who moves us from being enemies of God to friends of his, who moves us from being separated by thoughts and actions to being reconciled with God. This is who Jesus is. This is what he has come to do. This is kind of gut level, base level, honest with us. 
when we find ourselves in the spaces of deep darkness to be aware that God is not okay with that. He hasn't left us to our own devices in the times and places of deep darkness. Instead, he has sent his son who he loves so much. So throughout this conversation today, we're actually going to ask two questions. Two questions that if we, can, uh, if we can interact with them honestly, if we can listen to what Holy Spirit is telling us and then act on them, it will change everything. They will move us into our next level of connection with God and others and our purpose. I'm convinced of it. So the first question is this, where are you in deep darkness today? Like, let's just have an honest conversation. Let's just be gut-level honest with the God of the universe who made us, who is asking you, where are you in deep darkness? Your answer will not surprise him. He's pretty aware of where the deep, dark spaces in your life are. He's not shocked by it. They don't cause him to love you any less. But I believe there's, a, there's kind of just an initial conversation or question for us of where am I in deep darkness? Where am I feeling crushed under the weight of what has fallen on top of me? Where am I in the darkness of broken relationship, of depression or anxiety, of trying to figure it all out? Where am I in deep darkness? Where are you today? In this moment, where would you say, God, I need to be reminded that you see me in this space of deep darkness in my life. Scripture reminds us one of his names is the God who sees. The one who sees us. Even when it seems no one else can because the darkness has closed in. Where are you in deep darkness today? As I mentioned earlier, each of us begin in a sense, we start in a space where we, because of, because of the decisions of others, because of what we've inherited, because of our own words and actions, we find ourselves in the deep darkness of separation between God and us. And the invitation is to receive the rescue, the gift, the light of Jesus to step into new life in him, to receive what he offers. And so I'm actually going to create some space right here, right now, for us, if we've not yet received the gift of rescue in Jesus, if we've not yet asked him to be the one who forgives us, who rescues us, who moves us from darkness into life, and from darkness into light, and from death into life, if we've not yet asked him to be our forgiver, our rescuer, our leader, then we're going to create space to do that right now. So I just love, if that is you today, I'd like you to pray this prayer with me or one like it. And if it's prayed with honesty, if it's prayed as, as best as you know how, then understand this, that the result of that is you will have moved from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of his dear son who he loves so much. So let's pray this together. Jesus I have been lost in deep darkness and need you to rescue me. I have done things I need your forgiveness of. I have lived in separation from you and I need you to reconcile us. You died and rose from the dead, so I know you can do this in my life. I receive you as my rescuing Savior and put my faith in you as my Lord. Help me to live for you in the light 
from this day forward in your name. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, you are, Scripture says, a new creation. The prayer itself is not magic, right? They are not magic words. It's actually the posture of our heart and the request for Jesus to be the one who rescues us. Now, this is not something that we can go into alone. If you've just stepped into the relationship with Jesus, we want to journey with you. So I'm going to ask you, if you did that, to let us know in a couple of ways. One, you can, you can fill out a Connect card. It's somewhere nearby you right now. You can use the Church Center app. But perhaps the most simple way is this, is simply to text the word LIGHT to 309-250-2007. That's 309 309- 250-2007. If you text the word light to that, you'll receive a response from us and a member of our pastoral team will follow up with you in a matter of days to help celebrate with you. You know, all of heaven just broke out in celebration that you entered into relationship with Jesus. And members of our team want to celebrate with you and help you continue on your journey to take these next steps. Some of us are trying to get to our next level of connection with God and others and our purpose, but we haven't yet taken this first step of receiving the gift of the one who has entered into our deep darkness. We've been trying to figure it out on our own. We've been trying to tunnel out on our own, and it's not working. It begins here. Don't let this moment pass you by. The reality is, The truth of the matter is, our journey doesn't stop with us receiving the gift of light and life in Jesus. For some of us, we think that that is now the sum total of what must happen, of what needs to take place. That if we can just enter into relationship with Jesus, then everything else begins to open up for us and we don't have to do anything along the way. The reality is, Jesus and his gift of rescue and salvation is a free gift we cannot earn We don't have to do anything to convince God we deserve it. But when we have stepped out of the darkness into the light, we now must live as people of light. One of the problems, one of the challenges for us is for those of us who have been in the deep darkness so long, the light starts to feel wrong and incorrect and like it it just doesn't belong. Because we've adapted so much to the space and place of darkness, we don't know what to do with the light. And so in fear or frustration or concern, we don't advance much further. But here's the reality, that you and I are meant for a life that is full, that is adventurous, that has purpose and meaning. It begins, I am absolutely convinced, with receiving the rescue and light of Jesus. But then it's what we do once we have received that gift, how we chase after the good stuff of God, knowing he loves us, that can really move us into next spaces of connection with God and others and our purpose. You see, it's really only just the beginning to receive light. Because once it's received by us, we are to be vessels of light. Once we receive the rescue of Jesus, we are to be those who offer rescue to act in rescue, to reveal his power. God's great plan, which astounds me, is that he desires to make his kingdom, his power, his light, his healing, his goodness, his truth, his mercy, his grace, his wonder, and his goodness known not through just supernatural acts, but to see you and I bring those things with us wherever we go. If you look at the scripture, you see this happen. Jesus first will say to his 
followers, hey, pray that the Lord send workers into the harvest field because the harvest is plentiful and the workers are few. So ask God to do a mighty harvesting thing. And then in the same breath, he says, and so now go. You just prayed for it, go do it. It's a picture for you and for me that the stuff of the miraculous that God wants to do in this world and what is more miraculous than seeing light come into darkness? The stuff of the miraculous that God wants to do in this world, he has chosen to do through us. This is exciting. This is good news. Some of us are stuck and stunned in our relationship with God and others in our purpose because we stopped at the moment and space of rescue. Our focus only on ourselves, on the light and rescue that we receive. And so we don't experience fullness or the next level of what God has for us. And we might, in that space, even find ourselves start drifting back into old patterns and ways of leaving, of living. There's actually a passage of scripture that reveals this starkly. It's a passage of scripture I don't like very much, actually. You'll see why here in a moment. It's one that I, if I can just be honest with you, and really, why can't I, right? terrifies me a little bit. I don't know what to do with it all the time. Because as it speaks the truth of who we are meant to be, it shines a light on spaces in my own life where I've chosen to retreat into what is known and safe instead of rescue for the sake of taking light, or instead of risking for taking light and rescue for others. This is what God says in Amos chapter 5 through his prophet to his people. This is God speaking. I hate all your show and pretense. I hate the hypocrisy of your religious festivals and solemn assemblies. I will not accept your burnt offerings and your grain offerings. I won't even notice all your choice peace offerings. Away with your noisy hymns of praise. I will not listen to the music of your harps. Whoa. Instead, I want to see a mighty flood of justice, an endless river of righteous living. Here's the thing, friends. Throughout the scriptures, I have yet to find a space. It may be there, but I haven't found it yet. We do not see in the Bible God rejecting acts of worship, or acts of justice, excuse me, because his people fail at worship. We do not see God rejecting acts of justice because his people fail at worship, but we do see him rejecting acts of worship because his people fail in the pursuit of justice. What are we to do with that? How are we to, how are we to interact with this? It is an invitation, I believe, for me and for you to understand that justice is going into the darkness. Justice is seeking rightness when everything has gone wrong. It is moving in the power of Jesus as vessels of light and rescue where people are in deep darkness and we address what is broken, what is hurting, what is vulnerable. We demand dignity and we work to see the goodness of God here and now through us. We risk 
because God has risked everything for us. You see, the reality of salvation, of the rescue of Jesus, isn't just that we receive rescue and sit in it and hope everybody else might somehow find their way, but no, we then, as agents of rescue, as people of light, go where rescue and light are needed. This ought to excite us, but it also ought to move us into spaces again where we say, man, I need to be with those who will help keep me charged up so I can go out where I can be in connection and fellowship with one another. So this leads me to our second question. Where are you supposed to take light into the darkness? Where are you? Where are you supposed to take light into the darkness? You see, one of the only times I ever saw my Tata Pablo cry was when he told me the story about him being in the deep darkness. And he didn't express emotion, really, until he talked about the men who had been at the surface or who had been further up, who felt the earth tremble, and who heard the siren indicating that a cave-in had happened. And so they went and risked everything they went into the deep darkness to rescue Tata and the people that he was with. Do you know what happened the next time? The next time when Tata Pablo was in a space of safety after he had been rescued from this and the earth shook and the siren sounded indicating that another cave-in had happened. Do you know what happened? I can guarantee you that Tata Pablo did not sit back and go, oh, I'm so glad it is in me. I know what he did. He went from the space of safety and charged the deep darkness because he knew what it was like to be in deep darkness. This, friends, ought to be the picture for us. That where we see those in need of light and rescue, that we go. So where are you? Where are you uniquely positioned where you work, as you love your kids, as you interact with those around us, as you become aware of what's broken and in need? Where are you uniquely positioned? Where are you supposed to take light into the darkness? Not when it's convenient, not once we figure out what is going on in our lives, not once we have enough money, not once we've figured out what's broken in the house and we've gotten that taken care of, not once we've gotten the next promotion, not, not when we've identified the next senior pastor at Heritage, not when whatever the next thing is supposed to be, where are you right here, right now, where are we right here, right now, meant to go be people of light, saying we have been rescued to rescue. We were once in deep darkness, but we have received light and we must share the light with those around us because we've been in deep darkness and we know, we know it's not supposed to be that way. What are practical, what are practical expressions of light and love today? You want to unlock your next step, your next connection in relationship with God and others in your purpose? Receive the light of Jesus and then take his light into the darkness. These are the spaces of miracles. When we go with, our, with the light we've received into the darkness, this is where we see miracles happen. 
And so we're going to do something we don't, we don't often do, but it's, it's really important for me that we do this. And I believe it's important for us. That we would today, if you are one who's saying, I will, I will not just receive the gift of light, but I will go as one into dark spaces, then I believe there's something powerful about declaring that. I believe there's something powerful about putting a stake in the ground and saying, I'm not just going to sit here at another Sunday conversation and hope that something changes, but I'm going I'm to declare that I've been rescued and I am going to offer light and hope. And so here's what I'm going to invite you to do, not out of emotional response, not because you don't want to hurt my feelings, but because you are aware the spirit of the risen Christ Jesus is in this place, that he fills you if you have received Jesus as your rescuing king, that he has given you the gift of light and moved you from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of his dear son, who he loves so much. And out of that, that you would stand and declare, I will go as an agent of light. Stand and declare, I will go as the one who has been rescued. I will go into the deep darkness because it need not be this way for anybody else. I will go with Jesus before me, Holy Spirit within me. I will go, I will go, I will go.
There is resurrection power when we sing the name of Jesus. Resurrection power when we raise a mighty sound. So come on, let the praise get loud. Make that empty grave resound. There is resurrection power in his name.
Hey, Heritage. I am so thankful for the reminder that we are resurrection people and that through faith in Jesus, we're given access to that same power that raised Jesus from the dead. I mean, that is extraordinary news and it has profound implications for how we can live our lives on a daily basis. I hope that you are leaving our time together with great hope, great expectation, and great peace. If you want to connect with us for any reason, we want to just encourage you to fill out a digital connection card or go to heritageqc.com connect and just send in a note to us. We'll, we'll follow up with you shortly. We'll answer any questions you have. And we would love to pray with you if that's something that you are requesting. We are passionate about connecting you to your next step. Now, there are several really great next steps coming up from Discover Serving Class to to explore relationship uh, coming up on both of those environments in October. And you can find information about those things by going to our Church Center app and scrolling through the events tab. We also wanna remind you that there are a variety of ways, of really easy ways to give of your tithes and offerings. And one such way is to visit heritageqc.com give, and you can easily lean into opportunity for radical generosity through that online giving tool. We are super excited to continue our Level Up series next week. So I want to just invite you to come back and just lean in with us again next weekend. Thank you so much for spending a few of your moments worshiping with us today. And I hope that you, each of you, have a great week.